I'm typing up the summary for the episode. Oh. I was gonna use some of that train talk. Nope. Okay. Can't do it. Train this talk. Is, uh, this is exclusive content. Okay, I'll put this up on our our Patreon. Put this on the OnlyFans. I was gonna say that. Is that only for porn or for other things too? I don't know. I'm not sure what OnlyFans is. Um. But I feel like uh, I should have one. Uh. Well. Hips tick tock when I dance. On that demon time, she might start her OnlyFans. All right. I looked into it, and uh, OnlyFans isn't only for porn but it is only for porn i think only fans not just for porn it's not just for porn but it is basically just for porn people also searched for twitter strip chat and girls way so girls way i well this that i, I i'm gonna assume that yep that is that is just for porn people also search for deeper and bbc <laughs> wait is it it looks like bbc like the regular British Broadcasting Corporation. Wow, people who love Girls Way also really love BBC, but not the BBC you're thinking of. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yep, and deeper. Is that right. also something? I hope this oh, isn't part that of the is, podcast. That is what I thought that was. I hope this isn't it. I put in, um, I, I'm, I got fun, and uh, just a little bit earlier, there was a 10-second clip of Beyonce saying... Um, Hips TikTok when I dance on that demon time, she might start at OnlyFans. Um, so, I wonder if OnlyFans is also a um, uh, Chinese spyware. T TikTok mm. for me was the first where I don't think uh, I, I don't I don't know if it's a just getting older and you start to be angry by new um, social media. Um, so. I, it could be that, but it's also like I just hated everything about it. Like it was like it's basically vines. Vines were funny it's and good. Just vines, but worse. But it's vines, but yeah. worse. So like, and then the name sucks a lot, and yeah. also it's basically Chinese spy spyware. Like, and but all, yeah. but also the other thing that 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 I'm gonna say that doesn't because because listen, I could be out of touch. Like I'm I'm, I'm I'm almost a thirty year old. Like so, I'm kind of approaching middle aged white male. So. That that like if anyone is outside of the loop, it's probably me. But like, haven't we known for like at least five years to or maybe a decade that all social media is a spyware? Is just spyware? Like like Facebook is just spy is just like they're just spying on you and selling your data. So why would you want like TikTok? Is it spying if if you know? Is it well if you're like chill with it, then you can put up whatever you want. But I don't know. Are they spying uh, on OnlyFans? I, I was too old. Are they spying on I Girls was Way? Almost too old for Instagram. Uh, so so I, that was kind of I my. I, I got shoved into Instagram. Yeah. And then. Uh, Instagram. And then Snapchat was like, no way. Yes. That's yeah, it. you're right. So, but I didn't so hate. I didn't hate those things. That's the difference, though, because when I, I I think it was a similar thing where Instagram was when I was starting to be to get a little bit too old for for that. And then Snapchat, it seemed like just a way for children to share lewd photos. So it was like, yeah. I cannot be on that website. I cannot be a and part then I, of that. I never understood the idea of like, instead of giving someone your phone number, like in the dating world, you, you would, you know, you'd talk to them on Tinder and then you would give them your snap. Yeah. Uh, which 
I only know about because uh, I follow the Tinder subreddit mm-hmm. uh, for some for some like weird reason. You want to see? I, I want to see how how it how it goes. You know, because uh, I was never on Tinder or Match or any of those. So oh man, you're not I, missing I have out on anything. This, I have this weird curiosity about it, and uh, it, it seems that some people just give people Snapchat instead of phone yeah. number. That's weird. That's like really a, weird. I don't know if it's like a their phone number is like a, a closely guarded secret, right? Like yeah. the like the the phone number is like second base. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Snapchat is like first. Oh no, the bases got bad. The bases it's, are the bases are, loaded are with bullshit. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> Faces are loaded with bullshit. You gotta hit a home run to get anywhere now. You're gonna be like, yeah. oh, I hit the ground. I get, I hit the ground double. Now I'm on Snapchat. Um, I got a round third to get the number. And then what is and and uh, home run is pregnancy. Like what happened between third base and and the and the home plate? Like I don't get it. I don't know. I and know. In, and in like and things are weirder than ever, right? In, in dating. I know. I mean, Corona like, didn't help uh, anyone's date out. Friend of the show, Charlene, uh, recently met up with someone thought, in yeah. person. Yeah. She met up with them in person, and I was like, oh, my God. You you met up with a guy in person? I know, and right? And it's like, man, that is so many steps above. It's like, you let him get how, how close to you? Three feet what the what, what is well that is also another base <laughs> in and of itself like I, I feel like what the 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 right now in 2020 the baseball metaphor is like yeah. first base is tinder right so you're, you're you say you say like i'm i'm dtf and then second base is snapchat and then third base is phone number, phone number. and then between third base and and uh home base which is pregnancy I assume children and a house. Yeah, that's how dating is. Yep. Yes, that's, that's how dating. it is. Is uh, between there is like um, uh, three feet social distancing, um, maskless kissing, and <laughs> and like the, Netflix um... and chill is like where was Netflix and yeah. chill? Netflix and chill is like uh, left field or something like that. Like yeah, you got to hit it to left like field. The, the CDC guidelines for. Uh netflixing like, or for, for for like really for like um relationships for tender fornicating essentially okay. where it's like they're, they're oh yeah you much can't rim job like, right have you considered a glory hole <laughs> it's like <laughs> man this the but cdc the gl- is uh, it's froggy yeah but uh, that, come so on let's not imagine it's crazy. The, the glory like the cdc listen cdc i get what kind of like tip you're on and and let me tell you, I I don't wow, hate it. Nice. I don't That's hate good. it, CDC. But you also, like that doesn't that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't mean that like if some if someone sticks their wang through a wall, like that doesn't mean that you're not near them. Like that's. That's not how that works. It's, but it's all about the. Oh, the, it's a barrier. The it's the right. It's the, well. I mean, the mouth to mouth is where it gets the mouth to mouth is the problem. So, the, so the, okay, so mouth-to-mouth yeah. is new home base. That's like, we're ready to get married, so we kissed. But but BJ's, BJ's and TJ's and everything else is somewhere along the line between uh, third base and, and home base, right? Yeah. The BJ's and TJ's. What is the wow. dugout? 
Anyway, yeah, I mean, I, I feel the uh, same. We're, we're, yeah, we're Tin approaching uh, Demolition Man. Tinder is not uh, in, in good. In terms of, like, uh, intimacy levels. I mean, Tinder is not good. There was Grinder, and the whole idea was just for, for gay people to meet up in a phone booth because, I don't know, I think back then there were phone booths, and then, like, touch each other's junk and stuff. But then Tinder was, like, the straight version person of it, and... It just didn't work. Can, can you believe I'm next to a closed window? I don't feel like one of the parts to, to dating should be going through Chinese spyware. Right? Right. I don't think so. What do I know? I don't know. Again, we're really people. Anything. I don't even know anything, honestly. Like, But I, I, at least I feel like I'm not a hateful person. I'm not like, oh, get off your Facebooks and twatter, you know, like stuff like that. Right. I'm like... Sure you know share what you can share without you know having all your information and data stolen by a hostile foreign power you know go straight to only fans what's the deal with games if it's in a look if it's in a look <laughs> it's in a video game too and oh let me try that one more time if it's in a look if it's in a book if it's in a book and if it's in a look, it's what's the deal with games? It's video game o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. Yep. There's so ever, many... Ever fearful of uh, loud music blasting through my window. We'll see how, how how deep in we can get on this. I know. Some people podcast with like lawnmowers behind it. If anything, that just creates the backdrop. Um, and then it's like a fun little thing for listeners to, I assume, like uh raise up the volume and think oh what song is that that's getting a cameo on my favorite podcast yeah right i'm not sure i'm again what do i know i'm 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 like i'm uh i'm t uh 13 days from uh being uh socially irrelevant for the rest of my life i've been 30 for a while now and you know what i did on my 30th birthday uh, eat uh cake pretty much pretty much nothing yeah uh I had an Animal Crossing gathering. Yeah, that was that was that was pretty height though of Corona though. I, I feel like I'm in, in the downturn. It was right in the yeah, it was in there. Um, I have a uh, friend and previous uh, co-host of the show, uh, Sean, coming up. Sean, coming up to visit. So that'll be good, and I'll get to play. I guess we'll play some some board games for the first time. Um, well, not the first time because we played uh, tabletop, tabletop simulator. That was that was a pretty cool experience. I can't believe it. Kind of sucks because uh, playing tabletop simulator made me feel like we really were missing out on something like for a while. That, that that's a that's a really good option to have, especially yeah, for how long it's yeah. been available for. Tabletop simulator is cool. Uh, it you know I, I I have some reservations about that uh, because. One of the reasons I wanted to, you know, get into board games was to have time to step away from my computer. Absolutely. Uh, and I, it'll never replace yeah. getting around a table and playing. And it's know, like the, the physical that. pieces holding physical pieces. When it's a nice, um, when it's like nice artwork or nice pieces, then being able to actually touch them is like a part of the game, like components are made so well these days because that's a part of 
what's kind of like setting the the stage yeah. and then also being across the table that's like the whole point right is not is like with a regular if i want to play a video game a lot of times and just have a friend in my ear over discord then then that's a video game but but like part of obviously a part of board games is being across the table from someone being able to look them in the eyes when you take that turn that uh just really ruins their fun you want to do that in person how do you stop making stop your computer from making that that low grumbling noise my computer doesn't make a grumbling noise it makes a noise like that like what your fan is hitting into something it's like it's like there's a wire too close to your fan so like think the so? fan it just sounds like the rotate like, maybe just the rotation of the fans or something like that the fan is probably blowing a wire and then the wire is like tapping against something a little bit and that could cause the sound you could try switching to liquid cooling oh man That's well in the i i feel it. like I'm, I'm just about ready to have to get a new computer from the ground up anyway which is something i'm kind of dreading you should wait I know you that, that I know I have I'm, I'm holding out until the next graphics cards to do a completely new computer but I'm kind of dreading it like it's oh it's always such a pain in the ass and something it's it's like what I imagine programming is like for people who actually do programming where uh you you put the computer together and then something doesn't work and mm-hmm. you're like Ugh, where do where do you start Yeah yeah it, it's it's weird to be um podcasting right now or to be recording right now because we we tried to record yesterday yeah and uh, i don't know how much of the conversation is going to make it in all the conversation because we just talked about the there was some very loud sounds from outside yeah uh and i don't even remember what we really did we get to video games did we talk about video games i don't think we talked about video games at all oh man we've been playing some the the viewer this was only a minute ago yeah uh, but for us, it's been a day. I, I don't know if we started talking a little bit about Tabletop Simulator. We did. So, yeah, we, we That's played... That's a great place some... to start. I think you remembered that correctly. Yeah, so we played some games on that. We, played we talked Root, about how, how uh, it's not physical and how it doesn't replace yeah. the physical aspect of it. Yeah. This was a minute so ago we... for them, so, there, so yeah. I'm just reminding you. So, so we played Root, uh, which has a really nice Tabletop Simulator mod. One of the cool things is that for a lot of the games on Tabletop Simulator, you don't have to pay for them. Uh, essentially the community scans in uh, the games and then, you know, kind of just works. And, and some games also have scripting, right? So the game does some of the calculations for you. Uh, it's nice, you know, they all have like areas where like the deck will snap into place, like yeah. things like it's, it's more intuitive than you would think, but it does depend on uh, which games you're playing. Uh, we played Boss Monster yesterday, which... Uh, kind of a mediocre board game but a really nice tabletop simulator mod uh yeah. where it's got oh, like yeah it's kind of good but it's a little messy like a thematic table it's pretty the, cool the um the artwork on the table kind of makes it a little bit too messy and it blends in with the pixelated cards um the, i can the, see that yeah so i mean that was also like like ha- had some element of scripting of like the um you had you had you were bi- it's like a tableau building game and uh your mat that you're building the tableau on would like proper automatically orientate cards it would like have cards snap to where they're supposed to be and they would orientate to face you 
um yeah orient i think is the actual yeah, word but, but, but it's pretty neat uh we so we got to play root again i still love root um i've played it a couple of times recently and uh you were a little you were pretty cold on it when i mean I, i'm always i'm always cold on it i think you misremember that like there's never uh like root is probably the ultimate in um the pieces are more than the sum of its parts. Like the the artwork by Kyle Farron is the best board game artwork there probably ever ha- is or has been. Um, and the concept of this like highly asymmetrical board game that works as you like kind of there, there's there's kind of minor rules to what factions you're allowed to play like they're kind of there has to be a cat faction um because they're no there doesn't have uh, to, uh, who else there's can, like a the newest expansion includes oh the it. gopher or, or whatever that the mole people right actually the mole yeah. people can can substitute out for the cats yeah but also it works on a there's like a a number that they refer to as reach um and there's a a bunch of different combinations that can cause the reach to be high enough but it's kind of cool that they actually like calculated and figured out like, okay, this is the number you have to hit, and this is what each faction contributes. Uh, yeah, so, I don't know if we've ever even talked about the they have a, they have the new expansion. We had kind of yeah. gotten a chance to play that for a little bit. There's the uh, Corvid. There's a new map. There's two new maps. There's a new deck, and then there's two uh, great new factions. Uh-huh. Corvid uh, conspiracy. Yeah, um, in 2020, the- we call it COVID conspiracy. I know, right? I know, it was right uh, there. They're super fun. They're uh, they're really cool. They're unique. They're so weird uh, as a faction and in, in the against some of the other core things of of root is like they're somewhat similar to the the alligators. I I, I just could be and I only say that because the alligators units are more like pawns in a larger game. Like they're not trying the cor- the corvid aren't really trying to um like go around the map and fight as much as they're like using the units for almost spells of like yeah creating units and then bombing areas but in a way they're also kind of similar uh in the way that you fight them to the woodland alliance yeah um because they're laying down these pieces and people kind of want to clear the pieces but maybe just want to stay away from them and it's this weird you know situation of uh not knowing yeah root is root is really interesting to me because uh uh it reminds me in a lot of ways of like a card game like um uh, kind of like a rune terra or like a like a game like that just because i think of like uh if you play one game of root there is a good chance that some fucked up shit is going to happen right that you're going to get a bad draw uh, and you know things don't work out, but I don't think that every game of Root is like that. Um, and I think that over time, if you play a bunch of games of Root, the 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 luck kind of averages out, and uh, you'll see some cool things happen. I actually thought that the game that we played uh, was pretty cool because um, Paul, uh, who we play with, was playing the birds, and he had a super lucky birds, draw, not the COVID. right? Yeah, yeah. He, he had a ridiculously the lucky dynasty. draw. The, the the Eerie Dynasty have to um, build out this kind of plan for how they're gonna uh, act their decree, right? Isn't that what they call it? And 
um, they use the 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 cards that everyone else gets as like a suit to tell them that they'll like recruit someone. Yeah, they'll recruit someone on this style of clearing, and then they'll march to one clearing, and then they'll battle on another clearing. And the whole idea is it is that they slowly. Uh, like this, this is a very complex faction. I definitely think it's like difficult to play. It is... I think it's the easiest faction in the game. But go yeah. on. Um, yes. If you think I... about the other factions, like yeah. it's complex from like an explaining standpoint. But actually, I feel like in well, they, practice, yeah, at some point it's, they it's the simplest to play. Certainly, like at some point, they just get so many turns and so so many things that they're allowed to do on a turn that like can get out of control yeah and it's not whole... even that they can do it's that they have to do yeah right yeah and uh what happened with paul was he got like there's one of the rarer suits in the um in the deck i think it's rarer but at the very least it would be one quarter of the deck at the highest amount I, i'd have to check that uh it's is the... sli- it's slightly less it's than slightly a less than a quarter yeah that's what i figured it wasn't like a- an-, an actual um perfect amount but um, the the bird cards are uh, wild. So what ended up happening was that Paul made a massive decree of almost all bird cards. So usually the uh, once the player can't fully enact uh, the decree and do it the way that they've said that they would do it every turn, basically, um, as they continually add on it. It's like a Jenga thing, right? Like you're it's not Jenga. It's like something else. But it's like something else. It's like something else. They're building something up, and once that they can, they can no longer fulfill those promises. It collapses. They lose a lot of points, and they have to start from zero um, and rebuild up their decree. Um, and what happened was that Paul had all these wild cards, so that he was basically allowed to like go any recruit anywhere, uh, move anywhere, battle anywhere, instead of having to uh, be limited by that. Like I yeah, played, I played whole games the... where I never got a. I think one of the recent times we played it in person, I was playing the cats, and the cats get a an extra turn if they burn a uh, bird card, and I yeah. never got one throughout. Yeah, the entire and it's game. not even that he got like a, a bird ambush, which is a wild ambush. It's essentially like it's it's probably the best card, card in the game. Yeah. Right? Uh, so he got that. He overall like his luck was just crazy, but. He had 29 points. It takes 30 points to win. And right there, that's when his dynasty fell apart. And we were almost about to catch... Like, I feel like uh, in one more turn, I would have won. In two more turns, you would have won. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was a close game. Uh, it was close by like... root turns, especially. Like, I feel like yeah. usually root is like... from from In my experience, it's like some everyone gets to like around 15 and then someone like slingshots like sometimes they'll be like someone's on like five points one person's on like 15 points and the other person's on like 17 points and then the person on 17 points like slingshots and makes like 13 points in one ridiculous yeah, play at the it's, end it's definitely i i feel like that happens mostly when you're not keeping things in check i feel like uh the more the people root is better the better people are at it right and it's kind of the requirement that everybody at the table knows how to play they know what the other factions are capable of and also like it's tough right because you also 
need to remember like have i played this faction have i played this faction recently how do i open the game right like how do i start like what am i supposed to do like there's there's a lot of things to know to make it good yeah but continue but but i think that the more that i play it the more that i appreciate it and the more that honestly i enjoy root more every time i play it I, I think that it, it had like this weird um, like uh, dip for me where I started playing it and I was like, I don't know what to do yet, um, but it's great. Uh, and it was great because no one knew what to do. And then it came to the part where I knew what to do, but other people didn't, right? And then the game started to fall off for me. But the more that I play it with like Paul and Charlene and you, uh, and I'm sitting with people who all know the game, now it's getting better and better. So when I first started it, I loved it. Once I've played a couple of games, I didn't like it very much. And then it shot back up for me once uh, everybody was kind of uh, responding to other players at the table correctly. Because it, it's a game where like um, the balance of the game is determined by the players, right? Like it, it's determined by your ability to police the people at the table and to keep all of the factions in check. And it also means that uh, if you play with people who, like, get grudgy about things, uh, so an example of this... Would be me. Is, uh, Charlene. Where Charlene? Charlene, uh, if you attack Charlene, uh, she will hold a grudge against you, and then she will not make sure that she wins. She She'll will make, make sure, sure you, that lose. you lose. Yeah. I mean, th that's like that that's one of the big pro so so i i don't disagree with anything you're saying and i'm never gonna take away from root that it's a fantastic game like any it's weird because any of my feelings of root uh shouldn't um minimize the great achievement that root is like yeah co whirly uh an amazing designer and it's an unbelievable project and it's so successful just based off of how many people play it and just the artwork yeah. everything about it is incredible it's such a well-designed you know, thing game. that gets me going is that asymmetry yeah i love asymmetry i i really do love like for me the promise of root is like a mini what i imagine it's like to play ti a mini like war game but with the politics of like of like if you don't come here if you come here i will um like attack a different thing and and kind of like trying to wheel and deal a little bit because what it generally like the problem with with root in in practice and why i have some issues with it outside of like the sheer amount of randomness and like you said that like it the the randomness kind of comes out in in the wash uh over repeated plays which i which i agree with but i disagree with because like a card game is shorter and requires two people and this is requires like at least three to make it um viable and it takes longer than that so like a so like a long like a like 40 to an hour minute game where you lost because you were like i have to crush this this right uprising over here and then you moved like units into an area and then you rolled bad is like all right yeah that sucks like that's it, not it, i that's do not like that I it want. favors for the most part attackers though right because i i feel like that is a thing where it's like uh it is beneficial for you to attack Mm -hmm. Like they they give you the good they give you the higher number right yeah not with the woodland alliance but well they're special um 
but yeah, it's a it's a kind of like weird uh, thing. It, it's definitely dependent. I, I would almost to to get like a better experience of it. I'd almost want to like have first of all, I think around four people would be the right amount, and I think the correct thing to do would be like either to play it multiple times in one week or to play it back to back in multiple sittings. Now that we've like understood more things about it, because uh, then uh, turns would be shorter. Um, there would there, maybe people would be playing better, and maybe also some of like the the grudginess of it because you like it, it, it's it, the pro one of the big problems that Roots always had is like and shut up and sit down talks about this too is like it is about the p knowing when to how to police the game, but the problem that that lies in that is that like you could make a fair argument for like oh you have to crush Paul because. He's getting all these bird cards, so his decree is getting out of control. Um, so you have to do it, and when do you do it? And do you tell other players, like, yes, go hurt this other player? Um, because what if you do it too early, and it's like, okay, well, now they're never going to rebuild again. What if, he, what if like, in an alternate reality, uh, he was crushed early, and he's trying to rebuild, and he can't, like, get a footing again, and he's just not enjoying the game? Like, that, like I think Shut Up and Sit Down has a really interesting review where... It's it's not good to like it's not going to be a good game if you're like hey you have to stop this person and then you, they stop them and then that person's like okay well I'm not having fun for the next fifteen minutes because like I'm not going to be able to like that was my push for the end of the game you stopped it or whatever and now I'm I've like ran out of steam so I'm just kind of uh, yeah. like dog paddling and for the rest yeah, of the game yeah but that's also a problem that I think uh, you could run into in any of the games that are sort of like that right like that's a a problem with blood rage it's a problem with uh it's probably a problem for ti if we uh got far enough into it to see i don't know because there's i think that like some of those things are a little bit more nuanced um i i think that there is like mechanisms in ti for ti ti is like uh, is is something i was thinking about twilight in, imperium by the yeah, way in terms of root and some of the problems i have with root because weirdly enough roots um combat is somewhat lifted from TI. So TI in in Twilight Imperium, it's a giant um, space opera game that we've never been able to finish, but I promise that I'm going to do it before I'm dead, and I've done it. Try, we've tried to finish it um, yeah. uh, The last my last two birthdays. Um, is a big space opera, and somewhat similarly, like you're, you're rolling dice and assigning hits the way that you do in, in, in Root, um, but uh, you like have more there's there's more things that go into it there's more planning that goes into it you if you're attacking you'd probably send a ton of ships into one area to purposely do it so that like the odds of it going wrong are much different in 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 root it's really like you know four of your guys versus three of their guys so one role can be bad you can also you can have like the the woodland alliance is kind of purposely designed like this because they have they don't have as many units but imagining like going to fight them because that's what you're supposed to do and then you roll a three and a zero and then they get the, and because of that they take the higher dice so they assign three hits to your group and zero to theirs like stuff like that is just like when the pieces when the amount is so small i feel like that's much more frustrating ti is something where it's like i'm gonna throw 15 16 ships at you and i have big ships that can take multiple hits 
So if we're going to keep rolling dice, like very high statistics are yeah. that I will eventually win. We're just going to about we're about to see how by how much I win. Um, yeah. And root is really has just its like own set of problems, right? Because then you're dealing with the fiddliness of um, all the, of, the millions of managing of, all of that yeah. stuff. And then there's like then there's other stuff like the the actual like built-in politics game that I kind of that I, I kind of like that being more uh, formal and being able to vote on stuff like the table can agree like oh this one player just got completely bit it because someone uh, aggressed on them early so like this uh law that's coming up is going to favor someone who do we favor will have that it favor them and stuff like that um yeah and, and some of the things that happen in ti um only work because of how long the game is right yeah so you can have someone lose and kind of come back yeah and time. also you other people will have the time to support them coming back right yeah where it's like like, okay, I'm going to help this person get back because we could form an alliance. Like, you know, they might be able to give me something I need. And also it's just like narratively interesting. Mm -hmm. But in Root, like it actually is a relatively fast game, especially for a war game. I would say that it's super fast. For yeah, it's very game. fast for a war game. I do like, I, 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 I that was obviously a conscious uh, element. And even to, to, have, to have so many, uh, to have so few troops, uh, because it does definitely lower the amount of setup and the amount of just like constant dice rolling for like large swaths of of fighting and all the the um minutiae that kind of goes along with big war games like that yeah it's like they wanted to make a war game that uh anybody could play right? yeah so like i i understand why root is the way it is um i just i think that it can it can definitely be uh unsatisfying to me i think it, it, it the the and in the last game we played was pretty good because everyone kind of got near the ending and it wasn't the the example of like what i hate most about root and that's like you just start feel like you've started getting going and then someone on one turn just like makes 15 points or something they just like craft something win a fight do something that their faction tells them to do and then they get all these points and you didn't realize that like the end was coming that quickly and it kind of just feels unsatisfying. Yeah. But I do think that that again, it is a product of, um, not knowing, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's root and it was cool. And tabletop simulator is definitely something I want to spend some more time with. Yeah. It is a really um, nice, uh, tabletop simulator mod. Yeah. And it's nice. You don't have to clean it up. You don't have to put anything back in the box. You have all the expansions. Uh, and in these uncertain times, unprecedented times, new normal times, uh, it's just nice to be able to uh, play a board game. Yeah. Uh, I finished, or I'm, or rather, instead of saying I finished, uh, I'm done with Trials of Mana. I don't know if I talked about it yet on the um, on the podcast yet. You kind of mentioned it, but I don't think you went into any depth. Yeah, yeah it's kind of hard to remember uh, things at this point because we uh. Yeah, we have we're, we're a little bit less consistent, but uh, yeah. So I played Trials of Mana. It's a remake of an old SNES game. It's a party-based RPG um, where there's six different characters, and at the start of the game, you choose which of them you want to be your protagonist, and which two sub-characters to choose. Um, so it's kind of cool because you do get to like, um, if you were to play it multiple times, you get to see uh, different stories. Uh, all of the characters have uh, unique classes, and then they can 
uh, essentially unlock more classes down the line. And, uh, you know, I, I was kind of drawn to that concept because uh, there's that asymmetry again. But uh, I just found it to be like, like once I started unlocking more classes, it, it just kind of felt like all of the characters played exactly the same. Uh, so there was very little interesting is it, is stuff it action going RPG? on. It's not action RPG, right? It's just turn-based? It is, yeah. It's, an, oh, it it's, is? A, it's a Kingdom Hearts kind of uh, combat. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so, I mean, it was fine, but also, like, the loot was really boring, so it's, like, the only items that you would find, it's, like, everything had two values, right? So there was, like, attack, magic attack, defense, magic defense, and those are the only stats on items. Uh, very rarely you would get an item that could, like, inflict a status effect, but it, it just felt like... The beginning of the game felt like the mid game, which then felt like the end game. So once I started getting to the end game and it was like, okay, I'm, I'm heading towards the end of it. I was like, actually, I feel like I've seen everything that this game has to offer. And even though I'm really close to the end, like, I don't think that there's like the story is so generic JRPG. Um, and I felt like there wasn't like going to be any satisfying or interesting narrative conclusion. Uh, I didn't think that the gameplay was very interesting, so I kind of just fell off of it. Yeah, know? that's my experience with JRPGs for a while now. Well, Persona. Yeah, that, 5, I, that, that's the only Persona. The Persona series which is, like is the your only. Shame. Like whenever I think of you, I think of like the shame of the fact that you didn't. That I never finished Persona, Persona 5. Five. Yeah. Whenever you think uh, of me, you think immediately of the shame of the yeah. fact that I never like. Yeah. That's like the immediate like like. Oh, I wonder what what Kirby's up to. Not playing Persona Five. Persona Five. No, I didn't. Is he gonna do it? Is uh, he? Which you know, I've been playing Persona it's, it's 4. It's been Golden. so long that it feels weird for me to try and yeah. So go play Royal right again. Uh, I've, yeah. I've been playing uh, Persona. Royal's not out Golden. on Steam yet though, so maybe. For the first time, uh, I'd never played Persona 4 before. Yep. Uh, and, and before it released on uh, Steam, was Persona 4 Golden only for the Vita? I think so, right? It was It was just yeah. a handheld. Did you game. play Golden or did you play the original? Persona I played the original. On, uh, on what system? On PlayStation 2. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, so Persona 4 Golden is out on Steam. Uh, it kind of came out of nowhere. And it sold 500,000 copies so far, um, which is a lot. Yeah, those uh, are which... those are fantastic games. How do you feel like it? You it, you've talked a little bit to me about this, but you played five and you went back to four. How do you feel like it? Uh, it holds up. Yeah. So Persona Four is either a nine out of ten or it's a ten out of ten. Like there's so much in this game to love. And if you love Persona, if you played Persona 5, uh, but you haven't played 4, then you probably should just go back and play 4. Uh, it has the style. It's it's not as stylish as 5 because uh, that UI design is a uh, master class. There is no other game that has the UI design of Persona 5. Yeah. Uh, but the actual like music and the visuals, uh, I think it holds up pretty well. It, it does. It, it is one of those things where it's so stylistic. Um, I, I love the yellows and blacks of uh, Persona 4 and uh, the kind of like comic booky um, 
aesthetic that I feel like it, it still holds up very well. It's not like going for realism or anything like that. And I think that's really yeah. important. Uh, so, so I think the thing that is so good about these games is really the balance of uh, the, the sort of harmony in the systems of the, um, of, of the battling and the RPG sort of like Pokemon style, like collecting and training and fusing your monsters. And then the way that the social part of the game, like the out of dungeon experience, like rolls into it. Uh, I, it's, it's this thing where it's uh, in, in another RPG, like going to town is not very interesting, right? It's, yeah, it's you just want to get back like out. A, yeah, it's like you go into town, maybe you like collect your quest. And I'm talking about JRPGs, not like Western open worlds. But for JRPGs, it's like you go into town, maybe you collect your quests, you talk to some people. Sell items. Um, yeah, but that's pretty much it. And in Persona, it really is this sort of like 50-50 split of like, you're exploring dungeons and you're, uh, you know, finding items, you're get collecting a ton of money, and then you spend half of the game in town, in school, uh, cultivating your relationships, which um, as you cultivate them, you're getting new uh, benefits in the dungeon. Your uh, access to different monsters opens up. Um, your teammates get stronger where, like... Uh, you cultivate. You spend time with a teammate, and then they'll, you know, get new abilities in battle and new ways to support you. Um, I think Persona Five did a better job with this, where all of the social links um, were more impactful, and all of them gave you unique benefits. Whereas in this one, a lot of the social links, all they do is they help your personas. But I, I do yeah. like the small town, like uh, mystery of this game compared to five which was way more uh high stakes uh -huh. um and way more political whereas this one is uh much less uh politically charged yeah i i I, I like five overall more but i feel like uh four is really cozy like you said that like it's um three takes place in tokyo and five takes place in tokyo i think and uh four is like anaba i think right yeah you know, so so yeah. um it's like a small uh town and because of it it's it's got a uh noticeably like different aesthetic and uh style and like atmosphere tone to it that's not you know you're not running around with uh just skyscrapers it's more like this small town in the woods and it, it they they use it for this whole uh murder mystery of like the uh killer is like broadcasting a like late night channel to mark like who they're going to kill next right and yeah it, it has a really different interest like a more interesting um and like spookier kind of like all what like a little bit twin peaksy vibe of yeah. like this small town that's kind of rocked by murders that is like yeah you know everyone knows each other in this town like it's not it's not um it's not tokyo it's not like uh, just all these faceless strangers and there's murders going on. It's like th this tiny town that they like cannot support the weight of this horrible kind of crushing thing. So I, I really, I really, really like it. Um, yeah. So when I saw Royal was coming out, um, I, I thought to myself, like, there's, I, I'm probably not going to play Royal because uh, I spent over a hundred hours playing Persona 5. Um, 
and reviews came out for Royal and they were like, if you've played five, you have to play this uh, because it's so different. Like it changes the story. Um, they changed, they tweaked and moved things in the dungeon. Like the dungeon now has like completely new areas to it. New personas, new social links, uh, new dungeons, like a whole other 30 hours worth of content. Uh, and now that I'm playing Persona 4 Golden, I'm like, I might go play Royal after this because one of the things is like, there are games that are too long, right? And for me, Persona didn't feel that way because it always felt like I was doing something new, right? Like the dungeons and everything felt original. The set pieces were interesting. I wanted to hear the music. I wanted to see what would happen with the characters. Uh, the story has some really great twists and uh, is pretty like interesting. So I want to see how they play with that. I want to see... Uh, I Also, it's like the kind of thing where it's like the twists in 5 are good enough to where you could play it again and just to see um, what were some of the hints that, you know, could have given away some of these twists that happened later in the game. Yeah. And uh, stuff like that. Speaking of uh, um, multiple... Um, we're, I'm staying on this topic. But this is a message for you and anyone who's planning to play Persona 4. I hope they got, I got them before this point. Um, th this I, When I played Persona 4... I had a friend, I was still working at like King Colin, and I had a friend that was like, you should play these Persona games, and I ended up playing three and then four after that. Um, and there are multiple endings in Persona 4, but the ways that you get the multiple endings is uh, this ridiculous thing. Um, there's a part in the game where uh, you get interrogated by a police officer, and when you get to that part, that part you have to look up, this is, I'm not joking about this, you have to look up the answers. Because I think he's, like, when he asks you questions, they're not, like, concrete, uh, there's not, like, concrete answers to them. It'll be like, who do you think did this? And it'll be like, I don't know, it could be this person, or uh, I'm not very positive. I, this is the way I remember it being. And it was like, it's supposed to be, I don't know, instead of I'm not very positive, which is like kind of a similar yeah. answer. And that could be a thing that they fixed in golden. Maybe. Possibly. So, so like in three, the, the, the ending and the problem with the persona endings is, I think we've talked about this before. I, I always find this really interesting in Western RPGs. Uh, multiple endings are usually like a, uh, in response to how you played the game. So you played the game like a monster, a bad person, then you'll get a bad ending or something like that to show like a karmic resolution. Um, in Japanese games, like especially Japanese RPGs, usually multiple endings are like how much of the truth you get to see. So like the 100% true ending will be like, it really turned out to be this demon god. Yeah. And, and this even happens in like Silent Hill. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I believe I, I believe it does. Like, there's like a hundred percent ending. There's like a factual ending, and then the the worst endings are like you didn't do this, so we won't tell you the truth. Not that like not that like the game splintered off into like a different ending to match with what you did and how you played it, but that like it doesn't want to reveal like the real ending to you which is really frustrating i don't think that's like a positive thing and i know persona 3 and 4 do that for sure like you you either get the real ending and you get all of the truth to what happened 
or you get a worse ending and it usually like leaves you with some questions and it's like asking you to replay the whole game again so persona 3 i think was like something you had to do over the course of the game to get the full ending but persona 4 is all if they unless they changed it it was entirely based around your answers to this to the questions that you're being given when you're being interrogated by a police officer and it literally like the ending the the true ending versus like a bad ending is horrific like the the bad ending tells you completely wrong information it doesn't sum anything up it doesn't go anywhere and you then, think it's worth seeing the bad think, ending uh... is just terrible i mean well the well i think the 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 way i remember this happening um i do remember this actually very 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 well now the more the more i'm talking about it um is that they like it falsely blames someone for like the the whole events of the game and it ends on that note and it like even the the people are like well it doesn't really seem to make sense that it's this person but i guess so and they just go with it and then the then there's like a multiple endings in between that start to like like in, yeah. like unveil the curtain and, and, and then there's a real you know real this, ending but, but the golden version has an ending after the real ending Oh yeah, the I know that yeah. the real like you there's there's a dungeon that isn't even in the game it, like if unless you get to the real ending like there's a whole extra portion and of the game. There's another one after that now. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know the how true that is, but I remember it just being frustrating. I remember it being really frustrating. My friend was like, "Did you get the bad ending?" Um, no. Because I remember because he beforehand he was like, "I got a bad ending." Um, I had to look online, uh, what, like what, what I did wrong. And it was all based around this interrogation thing. So he's like, when you get to the interrogation, just stop the game. You'll know exactly what part of the game you're at. It's like near, it feels like it's the end of the game and that there's an interrogation for like who did what in, in each event. I mean, I'll see. I'll get to it. I'm not, I I have an idea that it's coming up very soon. Uh, when, Uh, but yeah, I just entered, I just entered the fourth dungeon. Uh, which is video game themed. Uh, which who says like it? It's, it's going to be pretty cool. Yuki, huh? Yuki, is it Yukiko or who says that? No, Yukiko is the first dungeon. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it goes castle, bathhouse, striptease, video game. Those are the, uh, that's the order of the dungeons who I've is seen that? so far. So it's Yukiko, uh, Kanji, Risei, and then uh, the black eyed high school student, the mysterious boy. Oh, okay. All right. The creep. Okay, I think uh, I. So, All so right. I'll see. You know, I, that's a uh, as much as I want to want to say for uh, all those people who are as late to Persona Four Golden as uh, I was. But I'm digging it. I'm gonna get through it. I've been playing it so much. I know. I'm I can see. Hours in, and uh, I'm not slowing down, baby. Uh, but I've been playing some other cool games too. I'm still on that Monster Train. I still think that it is uh, the best roguelite of the year. Uh, which is crazy in a year that so many good ones are out. Um, yeah, I saw I, you playing some Hades, can, too. I cannot recommend Monster Train enough to people. Uh, and if you value my opinion, anybody out there who values my opinion should play this game. They owe it to me to play that game because it is ridiculously good. Yeah. Uh, I've been playing some Hades. Yeah, Hades, so aesthetically great. Like, it is... Uh, it's made by those guys, right? Uh, what are they? The Bastion called? team. I forget the name. Uh, Super team Giant. Bastion. Super Giant. Yeah, they made uh, Transistor. They made my favorite game by them was uh, Pyre, which was the game about the ceremonial sport. 
uh that one was kind of cool oh, i never because, really pl- got anywhere with that one but yeah that one had some cool uh persona vibes to it actually uh because half of the time you were playing the sport and then half of the time you were cultivating relationships, uh, relationships with your teams uh so that one was that's a really cool game actually uh but hades is probably based on the limited amount of time i played with it uh, their masterpiece. Right? You think so? I I, I had yeah. played it in early access, and that's always the problem, right? Like when I I felt like I was playing it at a time where it felt incomplete. I I want to go back to it when it's in a better state. Yeah, they're almost at their 1.0, so I figured I'd hop in. Uh, the music, uh, Darren Korb, right? Same guy on Bastion on all of these games. Isn't that the voice? The the vocals, like Darren Korb. I want to say he was the the voice the of the as well. yeah like the the old man voice in um uh bastion okay yeah i mean he's definitely i think he's on the soundtrack too if i search uh yeah darren corb he comes up for all of this uh all this stuff for pyre for yeah for bastion uh so it's pretty neat it's a it is their first attempt at a roguelite um where you are playing as hades and you are trying to escape the underworld and as you're going through the underworld, you're finding all of these boons uh, that are provided by different gods and goddesses, uh, some of which will be rare, right? Uh, I don't know. I, I can't remember anybody's names, but I think like uh, Dionysus uh, will show up and he'll give you abilities that let you make uh, the enemies drunk, which is essentially like poison-based. Uh, Artemis comes and gives you like... Uh, you know, arrow-based and hunting-based abilities. Zeus comes and gives you lightning abilities. You mix all of these together and uh, you try to push as far as you can. Uh, It's also interesting how they create this story. Uh, They use, you know, there's narrative justification uh, for you dying and coming back in the same way that there is in, like, Enter the Gungeon, where you're sort of in this um, purgatory uh, that you can't escape, and you know you're you're in like this weird time loop. Uh, same sort of thing in Hades, where it's like uh, you're trying to escape, and essentially you're imprisoned. And whenever you die, you're you're kind of like painfully sent back to the bottom of the underworld. Uh, and, and I'm digging it. I haven't played it so much yet. Um, I'm trying to just sort of like wet my feet with it, uh, but it's hard to find time to play things that aren't persona or aren't um valorant but but i'm trying i've also been playing um my hero one's justice two you know anything about this game no but i i gotta watch more my hero academia that's another thing yeah so it is a bandai namco arena fighter based on uh my hero academia i'd say like uh my one of my dream games right now is take the Xenoverse formula from Dragon Ball Xenoverse and apply that to my hero. Man, Academia, what a good game. Xenoverse is such a good game. It is it is such a great game, but I but I think the thing that kind of holds it back a little bit is the license. Yeah. Where the characters are not so different from one another. And one of the great things about my hero is that all of the characters this this franchise, My Hero Academia, was built for fighting games. Uh, it, it just is, because all of the characters have unique abilities. Uh, and even in, like, an arena game, uh, a lot of the personalities of the characters, like, shine through. 
Um, like there's a character who's based on like half of him is fire and half of him is ice. Todoroki. So he, yeah, Todoroki. You've so you've watched a bit of My Hero Academia. I've watched the whole like first and a half of the second season. Yeah, so he can like create ice barriers to block projectiles. He can like surf on ice. Uh, and then he can, if you're doing like aerial abilities, everything he has turns into fire where he can like launch fireballs and like do damage over time effects to people. And that's pretty cool. But then uh, there are, I think there's like 40 or so characters. So they hit you with like some deep cuts. They even put like stupid characters like Mineta in the game. He's the one who like just has sticky purple balls and like that's his superpower. Oh, yeah. But even he, like, made his way into the game. I never understood when I was watching the show how he made it that far into the process, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's a great question. Uh, but it's pretty cool. It just follows the events of the most recent season. And uh, I, I just wish that there were more games that were leveraging that license. Yeah, it'd be cool to see a, a straight-up uh, traditional 2D fighting game. Yeah. Arxis, right? Figure it out. Yeah, it's been weird to see uh, how fighting games have gone uh, in the, the the COVID world, the 2020 world. Um, there was all this kind of fallout. Like, they canceled. There was going to be an online... Yeah, um, yeah there's a lot of uh, drama surrounding Evo and surrounding the Smash community. Yeah, thankfully, it's mostly the Smash community, which, like, I want to say... I want to be the first to say that, like, I never welcomed you guys... No, I, I don't know what it is about the Smash community, but I, I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah, I, well, I, I never... I don't know what it is about the Smash community. I mean, I never welcomed you guys anyway, so don't even... Don't, it's not even really fighting games. It's not even really a fighting game community problem. It's just a Smash problem. You guys aren't fighting games. Um, I mean... It's too bad that we worth, all don't get yeah. fighting games because of you guys. Fighting games had its own issues with that, and they've been dealing with that for... That was Mr. Wizard, I think, who was, like, kind of the heads. a long time. But also, I, I'm sure you remember... Do you remember that whole, like, sort of reality TV show that yeah. was based around, like, Street Fighter Cross Tekken? Yeah! And, I, like, Eris is in it, and he was He said something horrible to Sherry Genix or something like shit. that? And yeah. he... And, and, yeah, like, he's never... It's, it's terrible, too, because I... I I still will watch Eris because I love Tekken and he's one of the better and he's he's like he's always funny and he kind of hasn't said anything that horrible. I don't really remember exactly what it was. I think just like a generic kind of like calling Cherry Genix a slut or something on uh, on the show and that like it's inappropriate and it's it, it definitely it stems from just a general um video game like this isn't a fighting i don't think this is a necessarily a fighting game community problem i think this is a all video games problem um i think this will eventually this will in the the very near future be like completely flipped on its head when uh more like teenage girls are growing up with like fortnite and yeah. because of that they'll they'll have that dexter like that that understanding of video games like more of like uh you know dexterity and everything like that when for so long games were just so um uh just gendered like it was just it was just men and boys yeah. playing video and games part of that was based on advertising yeah. uh where even the way that Nintendo marketed uh the Game Boy was that it was a product for boys yeah. so you're right 
my wife felt weird getting a Game Boy and she wasn't interested in Game Boys because it was advertised as like, this is a boy product. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you're, you're totally right. Like it, it, the, the companies did that began with that kind of disservice and built up a narrative that it's it was only for boys. I can imagine how like 90s to, you know, 2000s era uh, girls weren't really getting on the bandwagon of video games as much or that it would kind of be like the same stigma of like girls playing a lot of different sports it being kind of like i don't know frowned upon and it being not ladylike in a way yeah. that like i don't think it, that i gladly i'm so happy that it's not that case anymore yeah. I, I, because also like that makes it uh it, it kind of creates a stigma around the hobby um if if people want gaming to be seen as this like normal thing which it is then they have to you know accept the fact that everyone needs to be welcome in these spaces right it's it's good for everyone that more women are getting involved like in gaming and that like more girls are picking it up that are young with Fortnite, with Minecraft, which I think was a pretty, um, uh, I, I don't know, I I'm I'm at a loss for a word other than like popular and um, yeah. zeitgeisty in the, in the same way that Pokemon was. I think that when I was growing up, uh, Pokemon was the first game that I saw like a lot of girls playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's really just important that, like, if the if games are going to become more normalized, uh, guys have to stop acting like assholes in the community. Yeah, I mean, it... it... And that doesn't even get into all the weird stuff that's been going on in um, journalism that we don't have to talk about. Yeah, I, I mean, it, uh, my, my point was more that, like, going back in time, it was more of a, uh, a boy thing, and because of that... Like, the people who are good at video games, the people who you see on, um, like, big pro tournaments, and Twitch is, like, generally males, and it, it, it has caused, like, a huge problem that, that, like, not only are people creepy about it when, when a girl gets on a stream, but uh, people... Uh, they, they, they stick out like a sore thumb because it, it ends up being, like, the one girl or, like, trans person on the stream with like tons of other just like white males in a lot of cases. So hopefully that'll change over time. Uh, I, th- I think it's always a positive thing also like uh, not just for those reasons, but for uh, being able to make games for like a wider audience that isn't just so like white male. I think we're also moving out of that era as well. Um, and yeah. it's causing a lot of frustrations. I know like last of us Two um, caused a lot of horrible people in the community to be upset. Chance doesn't chance like is, that. Chance doesn't like that stuff. I agree. Chance, like, we the the world is only should only be getting more accepting, not less accepting. And that's a, a prescient point, Chance. Uh, what other games have you been playing? Uh, I was playing, I was playing a little bit more Red Dead, but I haven't like I got past some of the opening tutorial stuff, and I'm now I was at the camp, and I don't know, like I. I, I, I want to put a little bit more time in, but it hasn't grabbed me yet. I, re- I appreciate the uh, the the way that the game really takes its time with everything. Uh, I think that it it's amazing how much of that game just feels like it's future tech and that uh, we'll be playing games that are kind of based off of how, um, on, I don't know, like painstakingly realistic it tries to make a lot of things. Um, but in the short term, that doesn't always make for the best, more, most fun gameplay. I think it's a, a like, I haven't felt um, immersed in it yet. 
in the in the original Red Dead, what kind of drove me through it was this like incredibly realized uh, Wild West and um, just uh, getting to like play that out. And in Red Dead Two, I haven't gotten to the part yet where I feel like I'm immersed in it, and I feel like you need to be because the gameplay isn't necessarily that fun. Um, so I was, so I was still playing a little bit of that. Yeah, um, I, I have a hard time playing open world games in general. Yeah, um, I I don't know if I told you uh, we probably discussed this a while ago, but when I tried to play Outer Wilds, it was like the perfect combination of I am kind of over open world games, and I just played Disco Elysium, so it just had like no place, like there was just like absolutely no reason to play. Isn't it. that Outer World? Outer Worlds. Because oh, Outer Wilds so is the best game. confusing and annoying. Outer yeah. Wilds is incredible. They got a... That was... That was weird that they both kind of came out. Or like... Did they yeah. come out at the same time? Or were they just kind of in the culture at the same time? No, they totally came out at the same time. Yeah. They totally did. Yeah, um, Wilds is the good within one. Like a, I think that they actually came out within the same month. Yeah. Um, so uh, I also played a little yeah. bit of No Man's Sky. I, I wanted to to get, really? wow. yeah. I wanted to play more of it. I re-downloaded it and everything. That is such a different game. It's insane how different that game is now. I, Hello Games has taken such a bizarre. It's it's been such a journey to even follow this from it being this overhyped game that was gonna do everything and then it did nothing and uh, how they've just continually worked on it. And it's not like they're ever getting money for it. So it's bizarre that the game is still getting these like massive updates years and years later with no like monetary incentive. Uh, I, I don't I don't see where the monetary incentive would be, but uh, so that just other than just getting your name back, other than like not being able to produce a game. But I think a lot of companies would have just ate that, would have just bit the bullet and been like, oh yeah, we promised a lot with this game. Uh, it's kind of not anything, and also we let. Um, I think it was less so what they promised, and more so uh, that they were silent as uh, communities yeah. kind of just assumed what was in the game based yeah, on trailers. But, but there was but a lot of lies. Though, yeah, it is a sixty dollar game, right? Yeah, and not like it's a sixty dollar game made by an indie dev studio. They sold so many copies. Yeah, like they sold an insane amount, and and I think that at this point. Uh, you know, people have slowly been seeing this game getting tons of patches. At this point, if I were them, and what I think they should do is they should just release an expansion. Oh, uh, yeah, like a big, massive thing, and then say, we we want you to spend money again, because now you have the good faith of, like, there is a game here, there is a lot here. But um... And they already have a huge install base. And also for the people who haven't bought in yet, who see, like, okay, uh, people seem to have really dug this, it seems to be doing really well, uh, uh, they they could make it happen, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, and just initial thoughts on the it's it's kind of it's so bizarre because I really remember back to originally starting it out. First of all, the game is, starts in third person, so I'm sure that there's a toggle to turn it back onto first person. But there is. Uh, yep. Previously, it was a first person game, and I don't believe your character even really had a model, or at least it wasn't animated. Um, so there was no like multiplayer. There's multiplayer now. Um, they some, but, but they said there was. They I think they did say there was, they but that was like a complete was. lie of like you could be on the same, you could direct someone to the same um, planet and be standing at the same part of the planet and not 
Um, it was essentially like their idea of multiplayer was that uh, you, when you went somewhere, you would put like a little flag and other players that were nearby, like if somebody uh, got to there, they they would see that this place had already been explored. And that yeah. was essentially and you can, like, the, name uh, things on the multiplayer of like, you could name like a like a monster, like a Dickosaurus, and then people would and why, come to Because why would you name it anything else? planet and and see your dickosaurus and yep. be like all right mm-hmm. and that was the extent of the multiplayer when the game first came out yeah um but uh it, there was also like i don't think there was there was no tutorials really um if it was it was kind of buried in the back end now it's a um like actual you know full-fledged tutorial telling you like here go do this and get familiar with the uh way that the game works everything is a little bit just better i think that the mining is less frustrating or i think the mining used to just constantly uh overheat and stuff like that so uh and now there's there's crafting and base building and all these insane things the one of the most recent patches made these very rare to find ships that are like living beings they're like organic uh ships and uh i uh, of course haven't gotten anywhere near this kind of stuff but um there's like mechs in the game you can have like a buy like a mech suit, so really crazy, um, really really interesting. I, I want to spend more time with it. I started the planet I started on is the ugliest, just big, rot, dumb red planet. It is just like an ugly looking Mars ass planet. Yeah, I mean that's a good motivation to leave and find something yeah. else, right? Yeah, instead of instead of just going, because I have no interest in like, you know, finding out more about what's going on, on this planet. So that was. So that was something else that I was doing. Yeah, and the game that we both play the most of at this point, I mean, Persona aside, is probably Valorant, right? Yeah. Um, uh, they released their their new uh, premium skin line. It's a, which is the what is it called? Like the Eternal Dragon. Elder Dragon. Elder Dragon, and it is their uh, most expensive set of skins to date. I think that this is the first time that maybe the community is like, this is too much. Well. I, this is so. Uh, this is. I. I think this is f- fascinating. I would uh, recommend anyone listening to this to, uh, like, if they're not aware of what this is, to like pause and go look at these skins because love. I think that like, it's so fascinating. There, there's so much to say about this. Um, f- from the not only talking about the price, but what is going on animation wise is it like a issue with visual clarity uh these are skins that are literal like moving kind of dragons like a dragon trainer tristana from uh league of legends where you're kind of holding them as a gun but they they move and animate like dragons and uh they even like slither onto the screen and like turn their face back at the camera and like you know roar and stuff like that and to uh reload you like give them a rock or something and they eat it and it's a a lot it's it is so much so so i i really i don't feel like strongly either way the the skins uh they're a little they're 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 definitely a little corny they are edgy they are way overblown um the uh, from a uh, like actual gameplay standpoint, I really cannot see how a uh, how this wouldn't kind of affect your uh, mentality. Like you don't want a lot of crazy stuff going around on your screen. Like I don't think you want to be 
in the middle of like a you know crazy clutch moment and you're reloading and the dragon is like roaring and spitting fire on your screen and it grabs a rock from you and eats it and then turns into a gun again i don't know if you want that i don't know if like pros will end up playing for it uh playing with them i think that it's like it's a high novelty thing because i don't think that games have really done anything like this um but it is it's bizarre it bef and i i think that it's now more than ever uh it's really begging the uh riot to put in a button that turns off uh animations that that on your client side so like you will stop seeing um crazy animations like you like the, you would just pick up this gun and maybe it would just fire like a gun and it wouldn't have any of the wild animations because i think that like it, it is a weird thing to imagine players that, that are going to be really serious about the competitive integrity um, uh, picking up that gun and going into the next round like, I do not want to have this gun. I just want a regular, like, AK, don't give me this weird dragon vandal. It's also It also feels like it's so insane. It feels yeah. like there was no communication between a the art department and and Morello or the designers that are struggling for this like high degree of competitive integrity and balance like that there was that they, I would almost imagine that coming out the art department coming out and being like look at how much effort we put into these crazy skins there's a dragon that slithers around on your screen and turns into a gun and then there would just be like so many people out with headaches I would I have to imagine that people fought to keep this out of the game at Riot that were Why? like no absolutely not I don't think that's true. I you mean, don't think I, so? If, if you see, like, people have done, like, have made videos about how uh, the reload animation, for example, takes up the exact same amount of screen real estate as the regular one. Yeah. Uh, it's a little... Also, but it's like, if they move around in, like, a weird, fluid way, I, I don't know. I'm never looking at my gun or paying any attention to my gun, though. I don't know. The gun model could not be there, and it wouldn't change anything about the way that I uh, play the game. Yeah. Um, but I, th I think the biggest issue with the skins is the price, right? Which we didn't even talk about yet. Um, so these are $100. So I don't think that price is bad, actually. If you... But... Yeah. But it's $100 for the base set, right? And then you need to spend additional currency... Uh, to level the guns up and unlock it. If you think about what it provides, so at the outset, it's uh, $100 gets you four guns and a knife. Is that correct? Yeah. And each of the guns has four variants, right? They've got four different colors. And they all have all the animations and all that, and that's fine. But you have to pay this... I think it's weird close to two hundred dollars. The yeah, the additional you have to pay this weird rate. currency uh, that you only can unlock very little of, uh, and you pay to for each individual gun to unlock the unique animations and the variants. Uh, and when you add all that up, it's crazy, right? So for a hundred dollars, maybe somebody could justify the fact that they're getting four weapons, a knife, and four weapon variants, because you divide all that up and maybe it's only like uh, you know, five to eight dollars per variant. But when you when you add up the fact that uh 
you have to pay for all the animations and variants, then how much money does it cost? Like it's it's cl- it's almost three hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it, a lot. It's insane. Like I, I there's such a there's this, been this constant conversation about the the pricing with uh in this game, and I don't think like it's a it's a free to play game. So some people are just like don't even have the conversation. Shut up and play the game. Which I I don't think that's I don't think that's ever a good um, look. Like you you should always be able to criticize and make things better. I I'm sure Riot is a massive company. I'm sure there are people who are and then also they had beta to go off of the the way the um, amount of money they make per you know the skins that they're they're selling. Um, so they they must be thinking that this is the right thing. I would think as a consumer that has bought these skins. Uh, not the dragon skins. Um, that that they could do a little bit better by tuning back the prices a little bit, or getting rid of Rady Knight. I don't. I don't think that the conversation about the pr- the skin prices is that would be um, so worthwhile if you were getting what you're 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 kind of being so what you're being told you're getting up front. If you if you were getting if they said a hundred dollars for the the uh four gun skins and the knife and all the animations and the colors like like you said that would break down to being like that would break down to maybe being like uh, around eight dollars for the individual skins and you're paying for all these crazy animations and for the novelty of it i think that like i i would i would already own it i would already own it like i've i've been on the fence about buying it but the other issue that is compounding it, not just the fact that you have to buy like all this Radiantite, is that the we're coming to the end of the pass, and the only real way to get the Radiantite is to like buy the pass, and you get some of the, the pass. yeah you got you get some Radiant like for free, some some minor amount of Radiant for free, and then a little extra when you buy the battle pass. But we're at the point where. If I wanted to, I've spent, uh, I'm going to get 10 more Radiantite. I've already gotten two bundles. So they almost like, Riot almost priced me out of it. Of like, even if I wanted to spend $100 for it, which I I'm, I would gladly do, I can't get anything until I spend the more money, right? Like, I, like you already, you came out with multiple skin bundles. We're running out of, like, you're, you're, they're making skins quicker than people would ever be able to get the Radiantite to unlock the features of the very skins you're asking them to buy. So it is a thing where I would imagine most people buying that bundle are like, I have to buy the additional money or it's not the hundred dollars isn't worth it. I have to buy Radiantite. So free to play or not, that just feels really grimy. Like that doesn't feel right. Personally, I've never needed more than one skin. Uh, for any given object. So when I played League of Legends, they got a ton of my money, right? Because every character that I wanted to play, I would buy whatever skin I liked the most for them. Uh, in Apex Legends, same thing. For every character, I bought a skin. Uh, I ended up with the gun skins, mostly through battle passes. Uh, they had all of the different types of uh, stuff you could get in Apex Legends, like the um, mostly through the battle pass. The battle passes in that game, 100 levels, pretty good. They had like the unique jump animations and things like that. But in Valorant, so far, it's just guns. And uh, I've already got a, a skin bundle I like. I, I have the the Prime bundle, which has like the Vandal skin. It has the classic skin. It has a knife. And I don't see a point in buying more. 
especially when I'm not even going to get everything. And also, personally to me, I don't like the dragon skins very much. I think they're a little too edgy. Uh, I, I, what I, I, I think I said this to you, but the skin bundle that I would like to see the most uh, would be like a cyberpunk uh, sort of skin set, something that would go good with like Cypher. Uh, and I, I really want a gun that materializes in my hand. Uh, yeah, we'd so have to we'll pay see. extra for it. That's like the frustrating thing, right? Like I, I, I've got, I've got the the Radiantite because I haven't bought and uh, I haven't purchased and upgraded a lot of the bundles yet. I, I just, um, I just think it's so weird. Like instead of, I, I, I think though, I, I think that a serious talk about Radiantite is going to happen. Uh, but it's been happening, and I don't feel like there's been any answer from from Riot. If anything, like the only time that they ever mentioned Radiantite in like a Q and A. That they, because everyone saw they'll just drop a Q and A um, to like big uh, pressing questions, and there was something about why don't you give us the like va- I think it's VP Valorant points I believe that is like the um, thing that when you put like the traditional like that's what you buy the gun skins with is this like VP that's like the um, put money into the game and then get this and then for free in some cases just with the battle pass you're getting Radiantite and Radiantite is the the upgrade, the gun upgrade system, but you also pay for that, and it's, like, unbelievably unfair. Like, it's a horrible money-to-radiantite ratio. Um, so they've they mentioned that before, and, they, and, and it's weird that they only give you radiantite for free, so you're getting upgrade points, and you're not getting the money to buy the guns to be able to get the upgrades. So it's just, like, a very loosely-based... Um, like disgusting uh, consumer hostile pricing structure where they're giving you upgrade points so it may, might make it so that you want to buy a skin because like I have all these upgrade points I have all these Radiantite I have nothing to upgrade with the Radiantite maybe I should buy uh, even just the individual skins when I see them in uh, the the uh, store because I, I have all this Radiantite lying around so they mentioned that but there was really no, like, they. I don't believe, I don't know if they'll talk about Radiantite. I feel like the only way I'm going to be comfortable with, like, them keeping some of these, like, pricing structures and Radiantite uh, going forward is that if there's, like, easier ways to earn Radiantite and that there's, like, a maybe possibly, like, having an account level and that's the thing that the account level will give you overall is, like, at certain milestones. Yeah, of, like, or, like, character mastery, get... things like that. Like, there should be... Uh it should be the equivalent of uh, whatever it was in um, IP, right? In um, uh, League of Legends, where no matter what you were doing, win or lose, uh, you're always getting a little bit of IP. Yeah. Uh, just make it like that. Like, why is it got to be? Why do they have to make it so hostile? Yeah, I, I, I would be fine. Like it's i pricing structures are so interesting because they when they feel unfair i i feel like it it almost does a disservice to the company a lot of times i think you could uh, like i'm someone who who buys like almost everything that i that i like for a game that i'm like spending this much time with i'm playing so much valorant that i'm not playing other things so i'm fine with putting back uh money to show that i that i love it and the fact that you're like disincentivizing me to buy a $100 pack, you're missing $100 of my money because I don't want to spend an extra $200 unlocking what, like, having the right to unlock the stuff that I already bought. It's just weird, like, no matter what, it's a terrible, terrible concept. 
Yeah, did you know that uh, Galloway uh, doesn't feel comfortable equipping the knife that you get at the end of the battle pass? Yeah. Uh, because he thinks that it will make people expect more of him. Yeah, but he's good. I, I, I understand that, though. That's another thing with the with the the with skins in general, like in these games is like, I, I think the the you were saying this in beta of like getting a skin feels like when people are watching you that they're going to expect more out of you of like or they'll be able or when you do something badly, they'll be like, wow, you spent money on this game. You're terrible. Yeah. Uh, I just I, I think the rating night stuff is horrible. I cannot yeah, believe wild. that. Like, the fact that you're buying the skins for $100 and then for almost double the price of that $100 buy-in is what you need to unlock the individual parts of it. And I, uh, like, I know the uh, company line will be like, you don't, you know, like, are you going to unlock all the judge? You don't use the judge. Okay, so don't unlock it. Are you going to unlock all the vandal? Whatever. Maybe you love the vandal, but do you really want the last skin? Maybe you want just the red version of the skin, the second to last. That saves you some rating night there. Stuff like that, but it's like, I bought the skins. Like, I just, I don't like this completely arbitrary system that is more expensive than the original skins. It feels so... It just, it just like that doesn't even feel good to to pay the hundred dollars and then have the skins in your inventory and then the skins just not work like they were being sold to you as until you spend another two hundred dollars to upgrade them. Yeah, what about the people who see the trailer and they buy the skins because they think that's what they're getting, right? Yeah, that's the other thing too. Is like th- there, there is it is somewhat disingenuous. Uh, there's like it is completely disingenuous. Like you have to. Uh, see this. Uh, that, that was what happened to me originally. By the way, um, in in beta, there's no. They they never say anything about the fact that you have to unlo- un- unlock the skins. And uh, I saw the uh, reaver skins, and I saw some of the animations and crazy stuff that they did. So I bought the reaver skins, and then I was confused that they didn't do anything. Like I'm, I was confused that they didn't have these like extra sound effects and. Um, special uh, like aim down sights thing and I, I, I didn't know why that wasn't doing that or why some people had those unlocked until I went into the collection and looked that, that like there's this miniature just weird off to the, to the left side upgrade path that's a weird thing that's a really weird thing there's nothing positive about it like I don't think that it's like it's not a fun thing it's uh, like other than just the monetary thing it is it like what is the what is it? How is it like remotely good for a player? Like, or is it like you feel good about upgrading the skin you love because you're using your limited Radiantite to do that? Maybe, maybe it's something? that way. If there were a more consistent way of getting Radiantite, of being like, if I push a little harder, I can unlock this like variant for the skin, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like if they're once if they do put in a uh, consistent way to gain Radiantite without the battle pass. Um, regardless of buying the battle pass or not, if it's just an account level thing, then you can say, I didn't put any money into this game at all. Um, I guess, I don't even know how you'd get the gun anyway, but then you, you grind it up enough levels to be able to unlock all the things for the gun you loved. But the way it is now, yeah. you know, that like, that's not currently like how many years will it take? And then, like I said, they're making skins faster than you can even buy the rate. Then you can even earn that Radiantite. So it is yeah. just very pointedly a consumer hostile system. If I were in charge, what I would do is I would make it so that uh, first off, you'd be able to earn Radiantite by playing the game uh, through character mastery and things like that, right? Like all the contracts would give it to you or you'd get it from your daily quests, whatever. 
The other thing that I would do is all the animations would be uh, part of the base set. And the only thing that you would be able to unlock with the Radiantite would be the um, variant colors. Yeah. Uh, and it would be a choice, right? So you could make those more expensive. You could make them cost like 30 or 40 Radiantite or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but you get to choose which one you want. So if you just want the black one, then you get that. Uh, yeah. And that's what I would do. Yeah, I was I'm really when when I saw the when I saw the Elder Flame trailer originally, and before I saw like how they, I, I assumed they were gonna break it down, um, the different animations. But I really did uh, like think, uh, you know, that it, it's it's been that way about uh, the reloading and the end of um, match animations or like the last kill animations. But I really f- kind of figured that they would the dragons would still kind of animate. It was it's weird to watch that trailer and get excited for what they're kind of trying to do with these very bizarre animated skins and then feel like when it's actually in game that like you you can't get that yeah it's a bummer but valorant's okay it's a pretty good game yeah not much we could say about it that hasn't already been said uh i'd like to play more ranked because uh ranked uh can feel like root right where it's like if you only play one game then you and have someone who sucks. purposely trolls the whole time and like is you know walking around in the spawn with the axe out is not talking yeah. isn't playing is buying the sheriff and slowly accumulating a lot of money isn't you know buying for anyone else yeah so when you when you play one ranked game and it feels like that it can kind of bum you out on playing uh more ranked more ranked rather right? than it so... being like a greater sample size like oh we had one game with someone trolling but i had four other good games yeah uh, so hopefully can play some more of that. We, we got Charlene into it and that was kind of fun because we got to play a five uh, stack group of five, which is something that we don't usually do, but it's, is nice. I have to pee so badly. My bladders can explode. And that's the deal with games. Uh, it's time to go play Valorant. All right. You want to do all the outro while I go pee? Uh, WTPodcast.com. Thank you, Ryan Galloway, for the use of your music. We use the intro and outro. I don't know what they are, but they're on a, a you know Run for Cover band camp or something, or maybe they're not. I don't know. Uh, rate us five stars. Uh, talk to us online. And that's the deal with games. Uh, I don't think it's Thanks, everyone. <laughs>